Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mess Hall Podcast. This is episode 63. I had an awesome interview this week with uh, Cindy Little. She's a cooking instructor, a food blogger, um, an awesome, awesome person. I really enjoyed it. She runs a website called Everyday Gluten-Free Gourmet. It's, she made some awesome food while I was there. She made some um, Thai meatballs, and they were delicious. They were in little lettuce wraps, so I had a couple of those. They were really, really good. And I also had, she made some adobo chicken wings, um, which were awesome. I felt like I could have ate about four dozen of them because they were so good. Um, I One of the things that I love is when people cook for me. And I know she wasn't just cooking for me, but I got to try some of her food. But it was really, really good. So I'm really glad I was over at her house. We did this interview. We had a fun time doing the interview. Again, check out her website, Everyday Gluten-Free Gourmet. It was a ton of fun, like I said, so make sure you check her out. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can find her on social media, you can find her website, and you can find, I'll put some links to the spicy Thai meatballs that I tried, which, again, were awesome, and a couple other recipes that we're going to give a link out to as well. So, like I said, thanks a lot, Cindy, for being on the podcast. Enjoy the episode. The Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. And speaking of ATB, they're this week's episode's um, sponsor, so I want to talk about ATB, the branch for arts and culture. Artists are often underserved at banks because they don't fit the typical profile. Freelance director Michael and actor Nicole kept on getting turned down when they tried to take out a mortgage. They found ATB's branch for arts and culture, a different approach to banking and lending that caters to their unique situation of people in creative industries. Now, Michael, Nicole, and her son Luke have a home they love. If you want to see the rest of their inspiring story, visit atb.com slash bradleys. And for more information about the arts and culture branch, make sure you visit atb.com slash the branch. Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the uh, Mess Hall Podcast. Today I have Cindy Little, so I'm excited to have you on. Um, one of the things that I've been trying to get more is in the local people from Calgary here, and um, I came across you on on Twitter, so I was excited, and then a personal connection with somebody that I work with that knew you, so I didn't realize that, and he told me all about you, so it was kind of cool. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself and your connection with food. Okay. Um, thanks for having me, Avery. Um, yeah, I saw you on Twitter <laughs> and heard through this connection about you. Um, I started, I'm the everyday gluten-free gourmet. That's what I call myself. So yeah. I'm just a home cook, not a chef, and I love to cook. And I've been involved in food for many years, not really as a job. I have had jobs in the food industry over the years um, and have taught cooking classes. But um, I started this website about four years ago um, when I had a friend that was diagnosed with celiac disease. And I realized that, oh, wow, this is really hard. It's not like just being allergic to one thing. It's It's a diet, a lifestyle change. 
And at the same time, you know, I was looking for something to do that would be exciting. And so started the website. And I realized that lots of people, well, even people I know, like, just don't cook as much as they used to. They buy a lot of prefab foods. Yeah. And um, so that just makes the diet a lot harder. It so does. I thought, yeah. so I just thought from a niche point of view, the world of food's pretty big. I could probably um, help out in that area. So hoping to help people learn to cook and... Some of them are, you know, with a restricted diet, um, are forced to cook a little bit more than they would they would have. Yeah. So, what are some of the first things that you tried to make when you were making gluten free food? Well, I did some baking right away, and that was like some major disasters. It's okay. like, oh, okay, so it's pretty complicated. You can't just substitute any flour. And of course, now there's like twenty odd gluten-free flours available, mm-hmm. and none of them replace wheat flour 100%. So the baking part was hard and uh, and is challenging but I've learned tons and then the other things I like to do a lot of Asian cooking and uh, so right away I found all the Asian ingredients gluten-free like gluten-free soy sauce or tamari and um, and and I lots of stuff on my website is just regular food like that would naturally be gluten-free okay Um, but a few things like you know you have to have gluten-free chicken stock or gluten-free soy sauce so Sometimes I, I look at stuff like that, and as a chef, I know when I make chicken stock, I never put gluten in there. And That's gluten right. <laughs> exactly. But then looking at a package, you see that there's gluten in this, and why is there gluten in here? And it makes it it's a little bit frustrating. It must make it very frustrating for somebody that has celiac disease, where you, yes, the most unusual things. Yeah. Someone just recently said to me, fish sauce that they saw fish sauce with wheat in it. Fish sauce is like an Asian yeah. ingredient that would be totally gluten-free. Um, and I've never seen a brand that has wheat in it. It might be an American thing. But the food manufacturing business is a huge business. And, um, you know, lots of it is not real food. It's chemically made foods yeah. and recipes, like even french fries you know there's 13 ingredients on the package of frozen french fries yeah and you could just throw a potato in the deep fryer yes. and make french fries right so yeah, yeah there's lots the food uh, manufacturing industry i know nothing about it I, I i don't know a ton about it i'd like to know more because it intrigues me like why are all these products in something but i i guess preserves and stuff but Exactly, uh, yeah. That's my speculation, but I, I like that Maple Leaf is trying to turn that tide and make it a little bit more natural. Yeah, I think lots of people are. You see yeah. that in the grocery store, you know, and people, I would say people are cleaning up their labels. So they yeah. know that there is a certain percentage of the population who want to buy, who want to understand the words on the labels that they read. Yes. And so they're cleaning them up. So there's still lots of, you know, fake food. <laughs> there is. And, and I think... I think there's a place for that as well. Um, I've had my fair share. and Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know lately, like this year, has been a big change around for me just trying healthier foods. Like, I love deep-fried foods. I love everything, yeah. you know. So it's been a change for me getting rid of those deep-fried foods, getting rid of those sugars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sugar is in so, so much. Everything, yes. Again. Sugar and corn and... Yeah. So... It's it's very disappointing some days. Yeah. Like, I, I look at a lot of heart-healthy foods, mm-hmm. and then there was a day where I almost broke down crying. I felt <laughs> like crying in the grocery store where I'm trying to trying to find that balance of, okay, this is heart-healthy, but it's so much sugar, and then 
this is has no sugar, but it's not right. heart healthy. Right, right. And that was just trying to find a dairy alternative. Just and you know, I I like milk, but sometimes it doesn't agree with me. And yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Whether it's almond milk or coconut milk, trying yeah, to find yeah. that alternative, and it's not always the easiest. So. Yeah. So I mean, the people who are diagnosed celiac disease or have gluten um, sensitivity, you know, they're all in. So they're like feet first doing that, and there's a really big. Uh, learning curve. Yes. Um, but for people who are just, you know, interested, like what you said, I think it's longer frustrating because you, you keep seeing these things and going, oh, how do I get a dairy alternative? And then you just forget about it for a while, and then you try again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so what are what what are what was that first thing that you made that was gluten free that you were having a hard time with, that came out perfect or came out so awesome that you were. S- almost celebrated about? Um, I made, uh, so I remember making some gluten-free cheesecake brownies, chocolate cheesecake brownies okay. that were with quinoa flour. Nice. And they were fabulous. It was like, oh, wow, okay, you can do this. You can really do this. And it was 100% um, quinoa flour. Nice. So and that was... Can you, you use that for the base? Yep. Oh, hey, nice. And a little bit in the cream cheese part to thicken it, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Instead so, of uh, cornstarch or something. Yeah. And uh, so that worked out. And then um, cookies, I had success with those kind of cookies. But also I made my own gluten-free flour mix as I learned more about the percentage of uh, protein and starch, the okay. combination of protein and starch. And so then I made a gluten-free flour mix, which I have on my website. And, um, and then I can make tons of things with it. Okay. Um, so it's very versatile then? Yeah, it's not 100%. It's very versatile, yes. But uh, for cookies, I have a different mix that works better okay that's interesting I, I i wouldn't have thought different mixes for different things i'm just i think flour is flour almost exactly um, and everyone thinks that until you are forced to um you know to try something and realize that that properties of wheat are pretty amazing yes. they do lots of different things so in cookies that have high fat content and high sugar and bake in a shorter amount of time um then the different flowers, the different properties have, you know, a uh, different, re- different outcome. Okay. So then often you'll see a picture of someone will put on the Facebook group, a picture of their cookie tray of cookies. that's just one entire melted, greasy <laughs> yeah. mess. And it's very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Because, I don't know, uh, for me, just taking that time to get the ingredients out, mixing all the ingredients. And one of my biggest problems is, cleaning up that mess. <laughs> I, I am not the cleanest cook. There's yeah. a mess everywhere when I cook. So <laughs> to make a big mess and not have that outcome would be pretty disappointing. disappointing. Yeah, you're and it is disappointing because I still, not every meal I make comes out perfect. So Of course, if you're willing to try new things and yeah. experiment in the kitchen, it's not always going to work out, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Those are usually uh, quick pizza nights when yeah. we go out. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just going to take a quick time out from my chat with Cindy to bring you this important message. The Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, is happy to be partnering with Seat Giant to offer you deals on tickets to major sporting events, big concerts, popular theater throughout North America, and more. Whether you're at home or on vacation, check out Seat Giant for tickets to the hottest events. You know, some of the hot events that I like to go to are big-name comedians that come through town. Well, and also any other comedian, but, you know... In Calgary here, the Saddle Dome has hosted some pretty big uh, comedian events. You know, Jim Gaffigan came through. 
I'd love to have him on the podcast. So, Jim, if you're out there listening, besides getting tickets to Seat Giant, make sure you uh, check out the Mess Hall podcast. And if you want to come on, you have an open ticket. Um, Kevin Hurt, same thing. You know, they both came through Calgary. They both played at the Dome. So, you know, big concert events like that. That's what I like to go to. And, you know, get your tickets at Seat Giant. If you go to visit SeatGiant.ca to get tickets, use the promo code APN at checkout and get 5% off your purchase. You'll save a bit, and the network gets a little cut of that purchase too. All tickets are in Canadian dollars, even for events that are in the U.S. Seat Giant is a Canadian-owned and operated, and it guarantees every ticket sold. So help yourself to that great experience while helping out the Alberta Podcast Network and a Canadian-owned business. Visit SeatGiant.ca and use the offer code APN. And like I said, make sure you check out the awesome concerts. I know Weird Al's coming through. I was checking out Seat Giant tickets for that earlier today. So that's where I'm probably going to get my tickets. So like I said, Seat Giant, make it your choice to get tickets. But I know you were talking beforehand how you don't go out as much and you cook a lot more at home. Um, what, what kind of stuff are you cooking at home that makes you excited? Uh, we're excited about food. Yeah. Always. <laughs> um, I like to do Asian, so I do tons of Asian, and that used to be Chinese, but, you know, Vietnamese and Thai, lots of Vietnamese and Thai is just naturally gluten-free. Okay. If you have gluten-free fish sauce. Yeah. And, uh, um, and I do lots of different ethnic things, um, you know, Mediterranean and, um, all kinds of European things. My husband is really into Italian. Okay. And so we do lots of Italian as well. And uh, and I think I do a lot of seasonal things. Like, you know, now it's sort of summery. Think of barbecue things. And, you know, I do lots of burgers. I've heard you talking on your podcast about burgers to different people. So yeah. we do uh, lots of, you know, and I have things that I, you know, like a Thai burger. I make that every summer. Of course, I don't make it any other time of year. So I, I feel like I get excited about things because it's an awesome recipe and I only make it once or twice a year. And nice. then I get into the next season and make yeah. something different. So what goes into your Thai burger? Uh, it's a Thai turkey burger with a cucumber carrot, like a relish kind of vinegary okay. cucumber thing. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of um, turkey. Um, turkey instead of beef or pork yeah. instead of beef. Just I find that they take those flavors a lot better. So you can make a Thai burger and infuse the flavor yes, in the yeah. burger instead of just throwing stuff on top of the beef burger. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I enjoy. It's it's pretty good that way. Yeah. Um, and I also did a, um, a, a, in the summer, I do a summer pizza, right? So I did a, I just posted that yesterday on Instagram, um, a grilled pizza. So we, I bought a gluten-free pizza crust okay. from, shout out to Care Bakery in Calgary. And um, uh, I just put the, pizza or the shell on the grill turned it over and then had all the grilled vegetables and grilled italian sausage and it has a balsamic drizzle and it's just sort of a summer nice. a summer pizza right i was thinking of friday pizza right yeah I, <laughs> that sounds like a good friday pizza at our house we like you know we do for pizza fridays and it's yeah. so much fun and it's a uh, it's almost a chance for us to use our leftovers sometimes yeah yeah uh-huh. but it's also a chance for us to use as much veg as we can mm-hmm. yeah i love veggies so. on my pizza and it is coming up to summer, so I do like to do a grilled pizza now and again. Mm-hmm. And I like the way you get that grill flavor right on the dough. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. There's something about it that's, you know, a good oven pizza is good. And even like a good um, like fire oven, like brick oven, yeah. those are good. But 
grilled pizzas are the best. I, I like that. It's and yeah. I, I like to use goat cheese on there. Yes, that my that pizza has goat cheese on oh, it. Okay. You have to look it up yeah. to try it. Because, um, of course, you can do it on a gluten crust, right? Yeah. And I haven't tried, um, like, a, making a gluten-free crust from scratch, oh, which, okay. of course, I should. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things I should do. But you mentioned Care Bakery. They, they make such good gluten-free products. I've Yeah. For a commercial bakery, I've never had such a good product. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And their products are just simply amazing. I like it. Whether it's their burger buns, bread, hot dog yeah, buns. Yeah. I never had their pizza crusts, but yeah. I'll have to try it. Yeah, I want to do a Vietnamese sub to post on my website nice. using her buns. Nice. Yeah, that was a summer project. It was one of my first things that I had when I moved to Calgary was a Vietnamese sub. Oh, yeah? And it changed my world. Yeah, they're just, awesome. Yeah, they are. They're so... They're just delicious. They're so, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's that Vietnamese has that fresh... You know, carrot, cucumber, yes. cilantro taste. It's yeah. just uh, And awesome. I like all that stuff on it. Yeah. It's, it's fresh and it's toasted, Yeah, which makes the bread great. Yeah. And the meat on there is usually pretty good. I, I've never had a Vietnamese sub that I didn't like, so. And yeah, I like the wrap and how they put an elastic band yeah, around yeah. it, too. <laughs> it's, it's the whole package, I guess, that yeah, I like. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, um, that's the thing that people who are celiac and can't eat gluten, they miss that. They don't get that whole, any experience that you get, you know, there's a thousand buns there wrapped with the elastic and it's warm. Yeah. It's, you know, you have to. Yeah, um, it sucks. I guess that's a major drawback for somebody that's celiac and just, I, there must be a lot of drawbacks or, I think for me, if I was found out I was celiac today, just the amount of stuff that I'd be giving up, and like, yeah, I I know I gave up bread for forty days, and that was hard enough, and mm-hmm. to give that up for life would be difficult. Yeah, I'd say. I think I mean it's a mind shift, like any um, you know chronic illness or whatever is a it's a mind shift. You need to really focus on what you can eat, and yeah. uh, try and have fun. Uh, fun in the kitchen, you know, I do cooking classes and have, I mean, we have fun with our friends who are not, some of them are gluten intolerant, um, and all my friends can cook, and we have big food parties here in our kitchen. Nice. And uh, so, not everyone does that, but I think, I mean, my whole point of my blog is to teach people that you can have fun in the kitchen, and and I guess I think you should. Yeah. I think it's healthier, right? I always like to have fun in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people see that when they come over, and they come over for a meal at my house, and usually a mound of food you can tell yeah yeah it's it's not it's not just a little bit and it's <laughs> and it's usually not fancy i'm more of a rustic less yeah pile on some stuff and yeah i focus on the flavor and the, yeah i like um the reason i call myself the everyday gluten-free gourmet when i'm listening to your podcast and you're all you chefs talking the um you know the finer points of some things and I think, yeah, I, I think I feel like I do kind of everyday cooking, but I do anything. I would never yeah. not try. So I'll deep fry something or I'll make some weird, you know, I have to make three ingredients to make the recipe. Um, I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't not try anything. Um, nice. But I have favorite recipes that I make over and over and, and I can present them in a nice way. Nice. So I can make regular meatballs, but then tonight I'm making you some spicy Thai meatballs in lettuce cups with mint and cilantro, and you can make it look really nice. Yes. But on a regular night, you can just have them as meatballs. I'm, I'm a huge fan of fresh mint. <laughs> okay. Um, Good. <laughs> there's, 
I, I like it in almost any like I'll put mint in my eggs too, like fresh mint and oh, scramble them up. Oh, I'll have to try up. that. Okay. Um, mint and basil, like fresh mint yeah, and basil yeah. in eggs. It's really, I, I, I like it. Um, but that's just me though. I, well, that's kind of interesting. I'll have to try that. I also like ketchup on my eggs. So I do too. I heard that. I like ketchup on my eggs. And Finally. I would also eat pineapple on my pizza. Finally. We can be friends. <laughs> yeah. With that comment, everybody else can just, yeah, yeah. and we're great friends right now. I'm a huge as you know, I'm a huge ketchup fan, so yeah. um, it's probably not the healthiest. Well, I know it's not the healthiest, right, but, right. but it's so... All things in moderation. Yes. Yeah. I've been definitely having a lot less ketchup lately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, when before you were doing all the celiac stuff, what kind of stuff were you cooking before then? Uh, yeah, probably the same. Same. Um, people at work call me a baker because I take my food to work because okay. I couldn't make the brownies and eat them all. My husband would have one and then I would have to eat the rest. Yeah. So, uh, so I always bake and take it to work. So, um, although at home I like to cook what I call real food. Yes. Um, the meal, but, uh, but I do enjoy baking and take that to work. So I just learned to do all those same recipes, you know, the cheesecake brownies and the cookies and the cookie pizza and all kinds of, uh, things that I would just take and share with my colleagues at work. Nice. So have you always cooked? Like, is this a passion yeah. that you had since you were a little girl? And When we were kids, I mean, my mom taught us all to cook cookies, to bake cookies, uh, but we did not cook. She was the cook, okay. and we, there were six of us, we would, I can remember as teenagers, she'd leave a note, add water to the roast, and like four of us would look at it like, what do you think, how much, what should we do? <laughs> so we did not cook. And then um, I think when I was, I got a job in a restaurant. I worked at Denny's and then Andy's up here in the north. Okay. And uh, so got more into food then and was exposed to, you know, going out to restaurants a lot then mm -hmm. as an older teenager. And uh, then sometime in, I'm a respiratory therapist. I work, that's what I work, um, do for work. And, but sometime in my 20s, my dad bought a motel and restaurant. So we went and ran that for six years down in the Crow's Nest Pass. Okay. So I wasn't working in the kitchen, but I was working in a restaurant. Yeah. If, if you're working in a restaurant for six years, you're going to know your stuff yeah, outside yeah. now. So yeah. you're going to know what goes on in the kitchen yeah. probably. So. And then my husband, he's really the one that introduced me to it. He was not much of a cook himself, but he would buy me like a walk and a book that went with it. Oh, and then he okay. would buy me something else and a book that went with it. And we just kept going and going. And I don't even know how I got interested in Asian food, but I like all kinds of Asian food. Nice. The whole, the whole world of food. I just am interested in the whole world, what they make in different countries. and. Yes. And, um, yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm a huge fan of cuisines of everywhere. and I, I really like food set. And I've said this on the podcast before, but anything that's made by a grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my favorite things because... Those grandmothers know how to cook. That's They've had right. years yeah. and years of practice, and it doesn't matter what corner of the world they're from. Yeah, they make awesome food. Yeah, exactly. My my grandmother made. Uh, I remember her making uh, fried donuts in a cast iron frying pan on the stove when we were kids. Oh, okay. It was kind of a special thing. And then we would all get a brown paper bag with sugar, and <laughs> she, she would have them hot off the stove and put them in our bag, and we would shake them and then eat them. Nice. <laughs> That that's that sounds like fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like one of those fun food memories. Uh, yeah, food memories. Just growing up. And um, are you a big fan of like mini donuts now? Or uh, well, I make on my 
um, website, I made, um, they're called muffins that taste like donuts. So they're mini muffins, so they're almost round when you take them out, and they kind of taste like donuts. So I haven't um, given in and bought people who do gluten-free cooking. I don't know if this is in normal cooking. They buy a pan that looks like a donut, and they bake in it, so it's round I, I've already. I've seen those, yeah. 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 Which kind of seems like... My wife has one. Oh, does she? Okay. Yeah. My, my wife's a baker. So. Oh, okay, okay. Well, she used to be a cook, and then yeah. we, we met in cooking school, and then oh, okay. she went off to baking school, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, it was... And um, so she makes real donuts in those. Wheat donuts, not... Yeah, I... She, she made must. them a couple times. Oh, okay, so. okay. Or I think she made cake donuts, so... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, so I haven't posted any pictures of donuts, but because when I think about the stampede, I did, uh, like, corn dogs. Nice. And, uh... Uh, another greasy fried thing. I did poutine for Poutine Week. Why I see Poutine Week? Nice. So I posted some poutine. Yeah, and, uh, I've seen those pictures. Yeah, so I'll have to do the yeah. donut, mini donuts for this stampede. Nice. Okay, I'll, I'll take up the challenge. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those. It, <laughs> it sounds like fun. Um, yeah. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of the thrill of stampede food. Yeah. But yeah. not a big fan of the stampede food. Yeah. yeah. Like deep fried butter is very interesting, but. I can't get behind having yeah, yeah. deep fried butter. Yeah. Yeah, I, some is over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but some is fun. Like I'm always I'm always looking forward to seeing what foods are coming out and then Yeah, I always check but, the top but ten. But no, I'm not gonna eat them. Eat, yeah, I always check the top ten list. Yeah. Uh, for some interesting things. Yeah, it's always interesting, it's always cool. It's it's fun. It's funny almost. Yeah, like, exactly. I right. think they try to outdo themselves every year. Yeah. So. And someone always pushes the, it's like, okay, that's way too over the top. Yeah. I know. Yeah, my, it's fun to see. My son had to cricket pizza a couple years oh, ago. Oh, did he? Oh, wow. How old I, is he? Uh, he's 13 now. So wow. I think he was 10 at the time. Cricket pizza, I yeah. saw that. Or it had the bugs on it, too. <laughs> yeah. Like crickets and... Yeah, scorpions or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And he ate a couple of the bugs, and, he was, and then one of the worms, like, he folded the pizza in half, and it pushed through, and that grossed him out. <laughs> not not eating the crickets and the other bugs and the worms <laughs> on it, just how it poked out. Just, yeah. Yeah, so it, he's a weird, fun guy sometimes, yeah. so. He's probably pretty adventurous in the he food is. department, yeah. He'll try everything, and that's what I like about him. Probably more, I like more than that about him, yeah. too. But, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's great to have around. He tries a lot of different stuff with us, so. Yeah, I think my son is 19. He's off at university. But, um, yeah, we've had lots of fun with our baby group um, coming, you know, having food parties. And uh, it's always focused around food. And the kids all get, you know, they get exposed to it as they grow up, as opposed to being exposed to prefab food, right? So they're yeah. exposed to cooking. So then they do develop their own certain likes and dislikes. Yeah, I'd like and, to get him in the kitchen more to yeah. show him around. And yeah. It's nice when he does come in. It's it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, so you talked about food parties. I know you have um, cooking classes coming up. What kind of cooking classes do you do? Uh, well, I have about six classes posted on my website as ideas. I mean, I'll do anything, but I have a Thai one, and then I have a gluten-free baking one, uh, and I have a kids one, and Spanish. That's only four. <laughs> and, uh, well, I guess I've got a do-it-yourself one. I forget what the other one is, but uh, the Thai is pretty popular. People seem to like Thai, and so do I. Cool. Of, so, um, yeah, I usually have about six or eight people in the kitchen, and uh, it's good fun for them to, you know, separate into groups and do things, make things that they've never made before. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, 
so that's pretty much our time. Do you want to tell me about your website? Not, and everybody can see the everything in the show notes. I'll put okay put the links in. So your website and Twitter. great. Yeah, my website is uh, Everyday Gluten Free Gourmet, and on Twitter I'm at Little Cindy. On Facebook and YouTube, it's Everyday Gluten Free Gourmet, and all those links are on my website. And my cooking class is coming up on May twenty fourth. If anyone would like to. Um, attend that would be great just uh, message me or contact me by, by any one of those ways and uh, that's it awesome and thanks for being on the podcast it was fun thank you so much for having me I enjoyed it it's really been fun listening to your podcast and, and hearing all the recommendations of other podcasts that you're saying so I will continue to enjoy that cool thank thanks you thanks a lot